Good morning, Ridge family. How are we doing? Good. Good to see every one of you. If you have your uh, Bibles, go ahead and turn to the book of John, chapter 10. We're continuing in our series called I Am, uh, where we are looking at the seven I Am statements that Jesus made in the gospel of John. And so far, we've, we've covered a couple. We've covered I Am the Bread of Life, and we've covered I Am the Light of the World, and today we're looking at I Am the Door. Now, this analogy that Jesus is a door actually comes from a, a description of, of a sheepfold or the idea of a sheep pen. You see, back in Jesus' day, we know that there were a lot of people who, who either had sheep and, or, or, or a lot of people who tended sheep. And those who tended sheep were typically known as shepherds, right? We know this. And there was a lot of shepherds throughout the Bible. Abraham was a shepherd. Jacob was a shepherd. Moses was a shepherd. And probably the most famous shepherd in the Bible was David. And in the New Testament, some of the very uh, first people whom the angel uh, appeared to to announce the birth of Jesus Christ were shepherds who were watching their flocks by night. Now, being a shepherd, as you might imagine, was not a very glamorous profession, nor was it easy. In the daytime, a shepherd would have to deal with the, the hot, dry climate of the Middle Eastern region. Uh, in the daytime, the cold desert, in the nighttime, the cold desert winds. And, and regardless of what the conditions were, a shepherd was 100% responsible for the protection of the sheep. And here's the reason. I don't know if you know this or not, but sheep cannot protect themselves, okay? They, are, they, they have no defense mechanism. They don't have claws. Sheep don't have sharp teeth. They don't have venom. They can't run fast or climb trees. They don't know any kind of mixed martial arts or anything like that. They're completely defenseless. And, and we know from the Bible that, that in that particular part of the world, there were certain predators who would hunt for sheep, uh, predators like wolves or bears or coyotes. And they would live in the wilderness and, and hunt, often hunt sheep. And when they, hunt, when they would hunt them, they would hunt them mostly at night. And so during the daytime, the sheep could be out in the field to graze. But at night, the shepherd would often gather the entire flock of sheep and put them in a sheep pen or a, or a sheep fold, some type of enclosure that guarded the sheep from predators at night. Also, thieves who would attempt to climb in and steal the sheep. And so with that little bit of background... I want us to look at this statement that Jesus makes, I am the door. Now, once again, Jesus is standing before the religious leaders of the day, the Pharisees, as he makes this statement. Let's look at John 10, verses 1 through 4. Truly, truly, I say to you, he who does not enter the sheepfold by the door, but climbs in by another way, that man is a thief and a robber. But he who enters by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. To him, the gatekeeper opens. The sheep hear his voice and he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he has brought out all his own, he goes before them and the sheep follow him for they know his voice. And so as I mentioned earlier, during, during the daytime, a shepherd could let the sheep out to pasture, to, to graze freely. 
And, and inevitably, some, some of those sheep would, would uh, go down into the ravines looking for fresh water to drink, or maybe they would, they would move up into the, the, the high part of the country, into the hills looking for food. But at the end of the day, as it began to get dark, all the shepherd had to do, according to this passage, was call out to the sheep, and the sheep would recognize the voice of the shepherd, and they would instinct, instinctively return back to the shepherd. And look at the next verse, verse 5. It says, a stranger they will not follow, but they will flee from him, for they do not know the voice of strangers. Now, if you haven't figured this out yet, Jesus is not giving us a lesson on how to herd sheep. He's giving us a metaphor for who he is as the door and who we are as followers of Christ. In this metaphor, we are the sheep. We are the ones who are weak, the ones who are defenseless on our own. We, we are the ones who need a protector we are the ones who need a shepherd, and he is a shepherd. He is a protector, a, a defender. As we'll see next week, not only is he a shepherd, but he is a good shepherd. And the reason we need a shepherd is because we all have an enemy. We all have a predator, one who comes to steal, kill, and destroy. And his name is Satan. And, and I know that our culture likes to roll their eyes anytime we bring up the idea of, of, of Satan or, or demons. Our culture doesn't want to believe in that. But let me tell you something. The truth doesn't change simply because we don't have the stomach to believe it. The enemy that you and I need to be protected from is not our culture. It's not Hollywood. It's not Republicans or Democrats or the left or the right or whatever it is. None of those are the true enemy. The real enemy is the one the Bible says prowls around like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. And the reason Satan wants to destroy you is because you were created in the very thing that he hates the most, the image of God. Satan wants to destroy anything that looks like and carries the image of the almighty God. And he will do anything within his power to distract us, to delusion us, and to derail us in our devotion to the Lord. And that's why verse 5 was so important. Let's read it again. A stranger, the sheep, will not follow but they will flee from him. They will flee from the enemy for they do not know the voice of strangers. Sheep know the master's voice. And earlier, John said the shepherd knows the sheep by name. You see, you and I as followers of Jesus Christ, we're not just a number to Jesus. I hope you know that. We're not just another face in the crowd. He knows you by name. And we can know his voice. That's why we follow him, because we recognize his voice. And when we hear the shepherd, when we are near to the shepherd, when we are following the shepherd, the enemy has a difficult time getting to us. For years, <clears throat> my grandfather was a cattle farmer. And I learned that uh, a cattle farmer, some of you already know this, drive cattle from behind the herd. If my grandfather wanted to move a, a herd of cattle from one field to another, 
He would get behind those, that, that group that heard, and he would drive it from behind, from one field to another. But sheep are led differently. Sheep are led from the front. The shepherd walks ahead of the sheep and they follow him. Why do they follow him? Because they know him. They trust him. They know his voice and they know they are safe when they are with the shepherd. But they won't follow a stranger. Sheep will not follow a stranger. They will run from a stranger because they do not recognize the voice. It's only with the shepherd that the sheep find protection from their enemies. A.W. Tozer said this, the only safe place for a sheep is by the side of his shepherd because the devil does not fear sheep. He just fears the shepherd. I mentioned a moment ago that our culture doesn't like or really understand the, the Christian's need to be protected from a, from a spiritual enemy. And John tells us in verse six that the Pharisees who are standing before Jesus, listening to this teaching, just like you're listening to it right now, did not understand the analogy. Look at verse six. This figure of speech Jesus used with them, but they did not understand what he was saying to them. Do you remember from last week when Jesus revealed that the Pharisees were walking in darkness? But they, they could not understand what Jesus was teaching because they were blind to the truth. In John chapter eight, Jesus directly told them that they were from below. You remember that? And that they were of this world. And because of that, their eyes, not only their eyes, but their heart had been closed to the truth of who Jesus truly was. They could not see him as a shepherd. They only saw Jesus as a stumbling block. And so in verse seven, Jesus reveals to the religious leaders who he truly is. Verse seven, so Jesus again said to them, truly, truly, I say to you, I am the door of the sheep. All who came before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not listen to them. I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved and will go out in and out and find pasture. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. So in contrast to a thief or an enemy who comes to take life, Jesus is the one who comes to give life. He is the door by which we walk through to find not just life, but what he calls abundant life or eternal life, which begins the moment that we come into Christ, surrendering our life to him. And once we enter through the door of his fold, there are some things that become ours. Hope becomes ours. Peace becomes ours, refuge becomes ours, and abundant life becomes ours. But we must enter through the door of Jesus Christ. And so let's talk about that for a, a few minutes, this analogy of a door. There are different kinds of doors. And what does a door do? Well, four things that we're going to talk about today. First of all, a door provides access. Question, how many of you have to enter through a door to get into your home? All right, about 10 of you. I guess assume the rest of you <laughs> climb through windows or maybe down the chimney or something. I'm just saying, don't be surprised when the cops show up, okay? 
Doors give us access, right? And doors can be both physical doors or they can be figurative, meaning as we go through life, there are many doors that we walk through, okay? We can walk through doors that promise happiness. We can walk through doors of financial gain, doors that provide uh, fulfillment and significance. For instance, our career can be a door that we walk through, our marriage can be a door that we walk through. Our dreams and our goals can all be doors that we walk through. Remember this, every door is a decision. Every door is a decision. Every door represents a choice we make. We choose to walk through certain doors and we also choose not to walk through other doors. And as we go through life, many of us can look back and see certain doors that maybe we should have walked through, but we didn't. But we can also look back and see doors that we walked through that perhaps we should have avoided. But every door is a decision. And our life, if we choose to look at it through this lens, is shaped by the doors that we walk through or choose not to walk through. Our life is shaped also by the doors that God chooses to open for us and the doors he chooses to close for us. Jesus teaches us that he is the door that gives us access, access to salvation. Let's look at verse nine again. I am the door. If anyone enters by me, Jesus says, he will be saved. When we enter into salvation by grace alone, through faith alone, in Christ alone, we are granted access to some things. We're granted access to his grace. We're, we're granted access to forgiveness of sin that removes sin as far as the east is from the west. And we are given access to the gift of eternal life in Christ. At night, when a shepherd was tending his sheep, he would open the door and he would let the sheep in. They would have access to what the sheep pen provided, which was safety which was refuge, which was protection. The analogy, the image there is Jesus is the door that gives us access to salvation in Christ. But secondly, there's another kind of door, an open door. An open door provides a place to gather together. Okay, a popular saying, especially here in the South, is our door is always open. And some of you are like, I'm real uncomfortable with that. <laughs> but that is a popular saying. Our door is always open, meaning that our home is always open to you, that you are welcome in our home. And many of you here, you host a journey group every week in your home. And by doing that, by practicing that kind of hospitality, you are essentially saying week after week, come into our home. Our door is open and you are welcome here. You have a place here. You belong here. An open door represents a safe, comfortable place for people to enter in and gather together. And for sheep who, who really are defenseless, there is safety in numbers. When they entered into the pen, there was safety in being together in the place that Jesus had provided for them or the shepherd had provided for them. There was safety there. And for you and I, through Jesus, we have entered into the body of Christ. 
And it's here among the body that Jesus provides a place for each of us to come together in fellowship, to come together in worship, to come together in service to others and in communion with him and with one another. The open door of Christ, it represents a place where we can find renewal and restoration. Listen to Matthew chapter 11, verse 28. It says, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Another rendering of that verse is, come inside, come into me, and there you will find rest and restoration. This morning, Jesus may be asking you, are are you tired? Do you feel overwhelmed? Are you lonely? then welcome, come in, find rest here, find refuge here, find fellowship among the body of Christ. Jesus is the open door who provides a place of peace and solace and rest as we gather together as the sheep of his fold. So Jesus is the open door. Now, now the opposite of an open door is a closed door. And so the third thing, a closed door provides protection. At my house, I don't know how you live, but at my house, we typically close the front door at night. We lock it up tight, right? Okay, I'm not comfortable with a door that stays open all night long while I'm asleep. So before I go to bed, it's usually my job to kind of go around, close, make sure every door is closed and that it's locked, okay? And, and that, that closed door, it provides a, a barrier, a form of protection, okay? I'm just not real comfortable with people, strangers coming in and out of my home at night. And so I put up a barrier, a locked door, and I make sure that that door is locked and closed, okay? And the reason that we have closed doors and locked doors is to keep what's inside safe and to keep anything that could be dangerous outside. I mean, without using any kind of words, a door that is closed and locked says, keep out unless you're supposed to be here. And and there's a cool analogy that goes right along with the shepherd. At night, he would bring all the sheep into the sheepfold. But ironically, some sheepfolds had no door, no gate. They came in through an opening, and when all the sheep were inside the sheepfold, the shepherd himself would lie down on the ground in front of the opening, and the shepherd would become the door of the sheepfold. Do you see why Jesus called himself the door? And when the shepherd laid down in front of the sheepfold, I mean, in front of the sheep pen, it was as if he was saying, what's inside is sacred to me. And if you have intentions to harm what is inside, then you have to come through me because I am the protector. I am the defender. You see, Jesus will always defend what he gave his life for. He will defend you. Psalm 32, 7 says, For you, Lord, are my hiding place. 
you protect me from trouble. You surround me with songs of victory. Some of you find yourself in a situation where you need protection. There's something fearful or there's hurt that's coming against you. This morning, you need to take rest. That there is a shepherd who stands between you and what is harmful. And he's saying, I will always protect what I gave my life to save. He is the closed door that brings protection. You are bought with a price, the precious blood of Christ. And as long as we are in Christ, we are secure. Now, that doesn't mean that there's not going to be trouble. It doesn't mean that we don't have an enemy who's going to still from time to time, try to get into the sheep pen, to try to attack us, to try to isolate us. But in Christ, we have protection from what is dangerous. And so Jesus is the door that provides protection. And then finally, a door provides opportunity. And we've all heard this, right? The door of opportunity. Way back when I was in college, I met a few guys who were followers of Jesus Christ. And we decided that because we had that in common, that we would just start a Bible study once a week. None of us had really led a Bible study or really knew what to do. So we decided that we would just kind of take turns on a rotation of coming up with whatever devotion or, or lesson that we could think of that week. And I remember about four weeks in, it was my turn. Uh, to come up with the devotion for that night's Bible study. And at that point in my life, I had, I had never come up with a Bible study on my own. I had never written any kind of lesson or devotion from scratch. I wasn't even sure where to start. And I remember I sat down at my desk and for about five hours, I just wrote out my very first devotion for this Bible study. And you know what the title was? I'm not even making this up. The title was, Are You a Lighthouse or an Outhouse? Now, I'm going to spare you the details of that, that little devotion. But despite the title, despite that title, I remember when I finished up that night, one of the guys pulled me aside and he said, man, that was probably one of the best Bible studies I've ever been to. He said, you, you probably need to continue to write these things. I don't even remember the guy's name, but I remember him saying that because God used that opportunity as a doorway, I believe. And there's been a lot of other doorways since that moment. But those series of doorways over the years have become like a, a pathway or, or a passageway that has led me to where I am today, preaching and teaching weekly as a minister of the gospel. You see, every day, you and I have doors of opportunities set before us. It may be a door of service to help someone in need. You just heard today about our serve week coming up. That, that could be a door for many of you to step through to help someone beyond these walls who's in desperate need. That's a doorway. Maybe it's a door of, of prayer to lift someone up who needs healing or comfort. There are so many people right now in need of prayer. So many people who need intercessors who will stand in the gap. 
and lift up their name. It may be a door of encouragement to reach out to someone as lonely or hurting. Do you, do you know someone who's lonely and hurting, isolated, discouraged, broken? That may be a door for you to give encouragement. It may be a door of forgiveness or restoration. Maybe there's someone that, that you need to forgive and doors open. Maybe there's someone you need to ask to forgive you and that door is open. Or maybe it's a door to share the gospel with someone who is walking in complete darkness. Or it may be a door for you to walk through to access salvation once and for all, to be redeemed, to be set free from your sins, and to live the abundant life that only comes through Christ. Some of you are standing before a closed door. You're praying that God would open the door, an opportunity, a decision that you have to make, something you need. And you're praying that that door would just be opened. Don't stop praying. Because if it's meant for you, that door will eventually come open and there's nothing that can keep it closed. Some of you are standing in front of an open door and you're just not sure, should I, should I step through it? Should, is this what you have for me, Lord? Is this what you want me to do? Because it's a little scary. It looks like a big step on the other side of that door. I'm not sure what, what lies over there. Should I go through this open door? If that door is meant for you, God will give you the faith and everything you need to step through that door that your foot may land on solid ground. And if that door is open, in Christ's name, nothing can close it. Some of you need, some of you stand in need of protection. Some of you stand in need of refuge. Some of you are in desperate need of rest. Jesus is still the door by which we find those things. And so the question is, what door do you need to walk through this morning?